The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I'll be your host for the hour, and I'm excited that today, for our premiere show, we actually have uh, my boss, Mr. Rudolph Johnson, who's the president and CEO of the Neighborhood House Association. Rudy, thank you so much for joining us. Cheryl, thank you for having me. Yes, uh, again, just thank you. Thank you for making the show possible each week. We are um, delighted to be coming off of our centennial and I think this is a great show for us to be kind of kicking off our season with talking about celebrating momentous occasions in the life of an organization. I know you know a lot about that because you lived it and, and what did I say, braved it, that's the right <laughs> verb there, yeah. for 12 months. So we did. Hoping that our listeners will kind of learn from um, the journey that we went on last year. Yes, ma'am. Well, first of all, Cheryl, let me say... Uh, Thank you to all 700 team members of the Neighborhood House Association. Um, all 700 team members participated in some way, shape, or form in making last year a success. Our board of directors, our 19-member board, participated in making last year a success. And all of our donor partners and community supporters want to thank them tremendously. And really, um, I'm happy that we were able to celebrate the depth and breadth of service that NHA has been committed to in this community for over 100 years, which is truly um, uh, an honor to be a part of that, and uh, I'm glad that it worked out for us. Yeah, me too, and I've certainly counted it a blessing and an honor in my life to have an opportunity to serve and work with Neighborhood House Association as well. Uh, Rudy, before we kind of jump into today's topic, can we step back um, mm-hmm. yet another step and just have you share a little bit about yourself or our listening audience who may not be as familiar with you? No, I appreciate it. Thank you, Cheryl. And that, that is a good uh, step back before we go forward. First of all, I want to tell the listenership that not just the president and CEO, I'm also a former client of this very same organization that I'm now president and CEO of. Uh, back in 1968, for those of you that are doing math, I'm on my uh, half a century mark here coming up. <laughs> um, I went through the Head Start program uh, that we currently uh, serve about 8,000 children out of today. So I've truly come full circle. Did my undergrad at Texas Southern University, uh, received a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering, Went on to get a master's from San Diego State in public administration. Um, 
served on the uh, convention center expansion project team, built the first expansion of our convention center in San Diego, went on to become the general manager, and then nine years ago became the president and CEO of the neighborhood house. Wonderful. So talk about depth and breadth. You certainly bring a lot. <laughs> well, well, I think so, Cheryl. And, um, you know, it, it, I always jokingly say to individuals that, um, I interface with, especially those individuals that are in the inner city, there is no magic ticket that you're going to be able to scratch off and win a seat of becoming a CEO. It's something that you're going to have to work hard at. You're going to have to go through school. You're going to have to gain those professional tools along the way. And then you're going to have to execute and work your way up. And so um, there is no quick and dirty way to becoming a president and CEO. Yes, well, wonderful. You know, um, yet again, before we kind of dive into our topic today, and um want to say that, you know, our organization is a human services organization, and as we talk to our listeners about this topic of celebrating significant occasions in the life of an organization, I think much of what you'll be able to share with us will have its relevance and can be um, extended with regards to learning opportunities for organizations, regardless of which sector they are in, be it public, nonprofit, or even the uh, private sector and for-profit sector. But before I um, have us dive deep into that, mm-hmm. could we also have you share a little bit about the Neighborhood House Association? Sure. At our core, we are a settlement house. And as you know, the turn of... Uh, the last century, the early 1900s, settlement houses were created in neighborhoods in the Midwest and East Coast, assisting immigrants that were coming to the United States and really establishing a life here in the U.S., really providing basic services and skill sets, whether it was workforce training, early childhood uh, services, um, maybe it was a food pantry, uh, clothing. Uh, they were set up, these settlement houses in the neighborhood of these communities that some of these immigrants um, kind of migrated to. Uh, here in San Diego, we were established in the Barrio Logan area and has since morphed into this mega social service um, agency that serves over 25,000 families through 12 different programs, everything from Head Start to homework centers to youth programs, all the way up to senior care uh, via adult day health programs as well as senior nutrition programs. So uh, we are a settlement house at our roots um, that has been around serving the community for in our 101st year now. Okay, so having been at the helm of this wonderful organization at such a historical peak in the agency's life, what would you say to other leaders that may be approaching a significant anniversary or some other type of significant occasion in the life of their agency? You know, that's a very, very good question, and I think it's a very personal question, and it's unique to each individual agency, but I think there are some basic elements then we can share from our experience, and you know all too well, Cheryl, being part of this whole planning process, the first thing you have to do is kind of study um, what you want this celebration to look and feel like. In other words, in the 12 months or six months or one day that you want to do several events or a event, um, you know, you have to plan it out. 
you have to organize it, you have to think through it, and then you have to create a strategic plan. The third thing I think you need to do is really create committees around your concept, whether there are five different events like we did or one big blowout event like some organizations may do. You need to have a committee that is focused on um, either the entire year of um, celebration or a particular event. And then the last thing you have to do is be willing to execute. And I think there are times when organizations want to do something big, they want to celebrate something, they do the first three elements very well, but execution uh, seems to kind of hamstring certain um, organizations because uh, they feel like it's just too much to execute on. So you want to bite off uh, chunks that you can chew and really execute well. Okay, I love that, and, and I like the the whole intentionality behind it. You know, you kind of started off with saying um, really study um, and be deliberate about what it, you want that celebration to look like. And I think sometimes we miss the mark because we don't set one. We don't get on our mark before we kind of get going. Sure. And um, so I, I love just um, the reminder to step back and really be intentional, right. kind of like the wonderful uh, thought of starting with the end in mind. Sure, and, 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 and let me just add one thing to that. You know, I've seen organizations or witness celebrations kind of peter out because uh, whatever, for whatever reason, you know, their, their um, eyes were bigger than what their proverbial stomach could handle. In other words, they wanted this big grandiose event or, or series of events but they may not have had the infrastructure to carry it out, and so it fizzles out, and it's really reduced down to something that really isn't um, commiserate with the level of place and presence that that agency may have had in that city. Yes, I think another key um, word and, and step that you mentioned in your planning was you know saying be strategic about it, and so that strategy includes putting the resources, seeing that, you know, there's the resource really, um, do the resources support the vision? Mm-hmm. And if so, can you bring those resources in? Uh, or if not, do you shift to begin with to make sure that when we get to the step that you talked about being willing to execute, that you have what's necessary to execute um, sure. according to the intention or the vision? All now, right. No, that's an excellent point, Doc. And and one another thing I want to say about that piece right there, that little sliver that you just mentioned, is a huge in, uh, decision has to be made by your agency whether or not to take on this activity or series of activities internally or farm that out to a third party or a consultant who's going to take that on. And and we may want to talk a little bit about that decision-making process later on in the program because Mm -hmm. I think it could help some of those listeners out there that may be on the verge of celebrating something big. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a a really big you know, piece of the of that puzzle with regards to um, positioning to have the resources and to leverage the resources, be it internal or external, to make it all happen. Wondering if you could share a little bit about what was your decision making, and you know, how did NHA go forward with celebrating its centennial year of service? Well, the very first thing we did was establish um, a committee 
of our board, uh, headed up by um, then our vice chair, Bill Hart, who really had a lot of energy and came from the event planning world and really wanted to do something big. So he suggested that we celebrate all year long, and we chose five signature events to celebrate our anniversary uh, throughout the year, uh, culminating with a black tie gala to kind of wrap up the 100-year anniversary. And so... And those Bill, five um, yes. signature events, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yep. Wow, I'd love to have you say something about those two. Okay. So we had a kickoff celebration that was done um, at the roots of our founders um, in Balboa Park's uh, home, uh, the Marston family. We then went on and did a chef's table. Then we did a golf tournament. And then we did a day of service, um, which was kind of a community day of service where there were various services we provided the community, health screenings, um, healthy eating tips, um, exercising tips, haircuts, etc. Um, and then we culminated all of that with the Black Tie Gala to really close out our 100-year anniversary. And it wasn't just a friend raiser, it was a fundraiser. We had a target of a million dollars. I'm proud to say that um, our development director, Wendy McKinney, and I'm kind of tipping my hand as to whether or not we stayed internal or farmed this out, but Wendy did an outstanding job, and we just reported to the board. Uh, we hit our mark and surpassed it by about 100 grand. So we did about awesome. $1.1 million. So Wonderful. it was a great job. Excellent. Outstanding. Well, it looks like we uh, need to take a break, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about that chef table so that others who may not be familiar with that type of event will know what that one was about as well, and then we'll go into maybe a little bit more about your decision-making. Did you stay internal or external? And if you engage staff or board or the community, how did you go about doing so? So please stay with us, and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. If you are a woman who is in a transitionary state of your life, such as a divorce, marriage, upcoming retirement, changing jobs, or even careers, there are usually many financial decisions that you may be faced with. On Women Be Wise, host Darlene Gilmore can help with some important advice on a variety of subjects for women in almost any state of their financial lives. You'll want to listen every Thursday morning for Women Be Wise at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, bringing you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Today with us, we have the President and CEO of the Neighborhood House, Mr. Rudolph Johnson III, and he's sharing with us some of the fabulous things that um, he experienced and went through as he carried Neighborhood House Association through its centennial last year. So we're talking about celebrating momentous occasions in the life of an organization. Now, Rudy, I know before we went to break, I was asking you to step back and share a little bit about the um, chef's table for those who may not be as familiar with that type of event. Sure. Be glad to, Doc, and thank you for uh, queuing that up for us. Uh, a chef's table, in, in terms of our concept and how we saw it, um, was an opportunity to kind of showcase our central kitchen where we produce 6,000 meals a day for the children that we take care of in Head Start and through other vendor contracts that we have in and around the county. Um, we wanted to bring uh, individuals to our central kitchen and really understand the product we were producing. It's not your standard heat and serve uh, kitchen production. It really is organic, natural. Uh, all cooking is done from scratch. We have a very unique menu. And the way we thought we could drive traffic or newcomers to our central kitchen was to create what we called a chef's table. We went out and engaged several restaurants in the community. I think it were like 10 different restaurants in the community. And they prepared a signature dish that um, coincided uh, with our healthy initiative, and we then prepared two or three of our signature dishes that we actually feed um, our children um, and really uh, displayed our healthy initiative uh, live and in living color. And then we sold tickets. And I can't remember what the ticket prices were, um, 40 bucks or something like that. And that bought you um, a seat inside the chef's table and gave you an opportunity to go around and taste the various product that was on display. And it really gave you a look and feel of how we conduct business on a daily basis and the type of menus that we serve our children. And as a bonus to all of the individuals that participated in our uh, chef's table, um, our neighbor next door, uh, which is a produce um, uh, facility, uh, gave each participant uh, a 10 to $12 discount on um, all of the produce that they bought the day of um, our chef's table as a bonus to take home so they could take some health, healthy product home with them. So all in all, it was a great um, opportunity. We had some 
um, very famous um, chefs in the San Diego area come out and represent the various restaurants, and it was a hit. And um, we keep getting calls to do that again this year. But uh, just, a, just a lot of fun, and it was a way to introduce um, the general public to our central kitchen. Sounds like an awesome win-win for everyone. Absolutely. You know, it was a lot of work put into it. We, you know, obviously I skipped over a lot of steps, a lot of coordination, um, you know, engaging the restaurant community and really getting everyone behind it uh, was just a win-win for all parties involved. And I think we all walked away feeling good about the product. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the organization did quite a bit uh, with five, you know, fabulous events throughout the year. Wondering uh, what you decided, and to, and to have you talk a little bit about the decision that the organization made, that you made, and uh, regarding uh, moving forward with an internal team, bringing in an external team. What was your decision, and um, how did you come to it? <laughs> Great question. Um, obviously, we decided to do everything in house. Um, not sure if I would have made that decision again, but thank goodness I don't have to manage another centennial. Um, <laughs> we, um, Wendy McKinney, our development director, and I um, really um, spent our entire year um, eat, sleeping, and drinking this 100-year anniversary. We uh, work with our board of directors. We work with Bill Hart. We put together, I think it was seven different subcommittees that each had a responsibility of some phase of the 100-year anniversary in production, and uh, we put timelines together. We tracked our timelines, and, um, you know, it, it worked out for the best, but it took a lot of internal uh, resources, a lot of internal energy uh, to make that happen, and if you don't have the infrastructure to support something that big or unique, my advice to the general public would be farm it out and appoint someone in-house to kind of manage uh, the various contractors that you bring on board to uh, help you celebrate. Okay. Now, let me ask you a little bit about um, those seven subcommittees and then also just some thoughts about, you know, ways you went about engaging your board, the staff, and the community. In the community. I'm wondering what the composition of your seven subcommittees looked like. Another so great. Staff members, board right. members, community members. Well, another great question. I'm going to say D, all of the above for every committee. Um, we had a combination of board, community members, staff members, um, individuals that were experts in that arena. Um, so the kickoff celebration had a different subcommittee than a golf tournament and a chef's table and a, and a, um, uh, you know, a day of service and then obviously the gala. A different set of expertise needed for each one of those events, so you had to get the right uh, skill sets to the table. You needed to make sure it was a balance of community, uh, in-house support, board, and, um, you know, experts in that field. And um, it literally uh, took us balancing every one of those committees on a monthly basis until each one of those events were checked off the list. And so, and then at the end of the day, there was a big uh, focus on making sure we acknowledged, rewarded, and thanked every single person 
that participated in this 100-year celebration. And that was a big undertaking as well. So, um, you know, it, it really takes a lot of focus, a lot of dedication. You need to have someone that wakes up every single day thinking about your your celebration and trying to move that ball forward um, to ensure that you have a successful outcome. Okay. Any other thoughts you might share about just um, accomplishments or lessons learned from your experience? Well, I think, you know, uh, two things. Number one, don't forget the community. Um, You know, sometimes we move in our world and we're kind of isolated because we think we know what's best for our agency and You really don't want to, you know, alienate the community that you're serving because their feelings will get hurt as well because they have taken ownership in in your agency or organization as much as you have ownership in it. So embrace the community. And then I think point two would be um, ensure that whatever decision you make, whether it's internal versus external, planning, coordination, and execution of your event, uh, you really sit down and think through and engage your board on because it's going to be taxing on your internal resources and your infrastructure. Okay, wonderful. Um, Now, we're going to circle back. You said um, don't forget the community. What might be some things that we might do to actually engage the community, to have them not feel forgotten in a process such as this? Well, number one, we... um, try to make one of the five events all about the community. Um, That's why we had our day of service. It was really about us tipping our hat to the community for allowing uh, us to serve them for 100 years. It was was kind of a thank you to the community Mm -hmm. for allowing us to be your primary, um, you know, um, service deliverer, um, uh, number one. Number two, I would say um, take a poll of all of your board members, former board members, any community member that felt like they acted like one of your board members or advisory groups and engage them as well Mm -hmm. uh, because they want to be engaged. And then all of your external partners that you work with on a daily basis, they want to engage with you and help you celebrate. Mm -hmm. Nice. Great. So... As you uh, take a deep breath and you look at the horizon and you kind of see what's, what's next, what's on the horizon, and you think about your organization, our organization, being around for yet another 100 years and continuing to meet the needs of the community and being relevant to the community for generations to come, what do you see on the horizon? That's a loaded question. I, I know one thing. Indeed. I won't. I won't be around for the next 100 year <laughs> celebration. That much I do know. <laughs> no, I, well, I don't I, know. I, we I, have so many discoveries each day. <laughs> People are living longer and longer. <laughs> this is true, Doc. This is true. Um, seriously, though, I think I think our responsibility, and we've talked about this inside of our executive team meetings, was to usher in the 101st year of our existence successfully, um, celebrating the depth and breadth of experience that we've had in the last 100 years of serving this community, and then pivoting and putting um, this organization in a position where it can be around for the next 100 years um, well after we're gone, as long as the resources and the commitment and the infrastructure, uh, you know, stay up to par. And I think we've done that. I think this is right 
to be uh, an organization that's going to serve deep into the its uh, 150th uh, year and beyond of service. And that was always our vision when we got here, you know, eight years ago, um, as we were kind of walking down uh, the eve of this 100-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. So have us just to maybe think about, are there some things that maybe happened last year that did help the organization pivot and um, position and began to prepare for whatever's next on the horizon? Yeah, you know, I think a learning lesson for me, I'm glad you asked that question because this, you know, as I was kind of thinking through uh, what I was going to say on this radio show um, over the last couple days, you just hit me with something that was a was new discovery for me, and that was by walking through the 100-year anniversary, I learned a lot about this organization. I studied our history. I can tell you, you know, everything from, you know, who our first president and CEO was to where, uh, what street we were founded on, you know, who our founding fathers, uh, foremothers and forefathers were, um, what other organizations um, the Marston family created here in San Diego. And having all of that history and having our statistics in terms of our outcomes in every one of our 12 programs really has put me in a great position to be um, a true ambassador of this organization. And it's my job to be the number one ambassador everywhere I go for the Neighborhood House Association here in San Diego. And I carry some history with me now in my toolbox as I'm out there talking about NHA, and it really makes a difference. Awesome. I think that's a wonderful uh, way to position coming out of such a a significant time in the agency's life. We're going to take a short break and then um, return and come back and hear a little bit more about what's on the horizon. So, So please stay tuned. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. 
The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about celebrating momentous occasions in the life of an organization. And before we went to break, we were kind of moving into lessons learned and positioning, you know, and coming off of a celebration, like what's next, what's on the horizon, you know, what do you carry forth. And I loved the fact that you really um, gave great food for thought with regards to savoring the lessons learned as relates to the history of the organization and how that really has positioned you to be even a better ambassador as you move forward in supporting the organization and being positioned for generations to come in its service to the community. If, and if I can just make one more point on that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That. Just one more point on that um, uh, factoid, Doc, is that you know for CEOs that are constantly out there um, you know, introducing the agency or themselves to the community at large, including the corporate and business communities. Um, I think when you go out there armed with information and historical facts, um, sometimes you're going to discover what I call aha moments where that business leader or that corporate leader that is sitting across from you is going to see his or her um, agency um, being involved in that aha moment in that you all may share some of the same history. Case in point, uh, Barney and Barney, who was one of our uh, major supporters of our 100-year anniversary and happens to be our insurance broker, um, as I was talking through our history with them a year ago, uh, the aha moment was a member of the Barney and Barney family or the Barney family, I should say, actually married a member of the Marston family. Oh, wow. So one of their founders actually married into the family that founded NHA. Thus, you know, we were joined at the hip from the beginning. And so it just made good sense 100 years later for them to support our centennial anniversary. So those are some aha moments that that came out of that. And again, I would encourage all of the CEOs, executive directors, and development directors to really understand and know your history. Yeah, no, I think that's just a wonderful point. What a fascinating finding. Uh, You know, Rudy, I I know that there's, we're kind of just, scraping the 
tip of the iceberg of your experience and the knowledge uh, that you and others have gained in kind of going through this experience. For those who would like to speak more with you about this and maybe even interested in having you uh, do some consulting for them on this topic, uh, is there a best way to get to uh, reach you? Would you want them to reach you through um, Innovisions or reach you directly to your, um, your assistant? What would be the best way for someone who might want to follow up with you on this topic? Well, I would I will give you three um, avenues. Number one, through um, Innovisions, and um, they can I'm sure reach Innovisions through uh, Leadership Matters uh, website. Is that correct? Yes, cross reference there mm-hmm. um, through the Neighborhood House Association um, uh, website or, or internet, and that would be um, neighborhoodhouse.org. Uh, you can send me a message directly. Just uh, address it to the president and CEO. Or you can call our general number at 858-715-2642 and ask for the president's office. And Andrea Dixon is my assistant. And um, as Dr. White said, uh, we'd be more than happy to either consult with you. We have a team of experts internally that can arrange that. Or if you wanted me personally to come out, um, that could be arranged, and um, we can help you get on your way. I mean, sometimes it really is just starting off right. You may not need someone through the entire process, but really just setting the plan, uh, visualizing the plan, and putting that plan together will set you on the right path to be successful. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, so often when I'm um, working with leaders, we talk about get on your mark, <laughs> then get set, and then go. And And really having that on your mark, you know, really being um, that upfront conversation that does allow a person to be intentional about what it is they want to accomplish and then get set with doing the planning and organizing and making sure they have the resources in, in place. Just uh, doing those two upfront make it, makes it so much uh, smoother when they get ready to go and execute, as you've talked about, and doing the things that uh, one might need to do to kind of bring that intentional impact and plan uh, to fruition. So awesome. Thank you for that contact information. Our pleasure. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I want to transition back to talking a little bit more about your vision and just your thoughts around what's most important for continuing the lifeline of an organization. So we've talked about celebrating, we've talked mm-hmm. about weaving through and, and what that has meant for you and your positioning. Um, wondering as you look on the horizon and you think about, you know, what's coming up, mm-hmm and what needs to be present for this organization to continue to serve for generations to come. Mm-hmm. When you think about the lifeline relative to the funders and the community members, mm-hmm. what comes to mind for you as being most important? Well, I, you know, that's a, that's a great question, and there are a series of questions inside the question. But I think, you know, the first thing that you have to do is have a vision for what's next, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at a 100-year anniversary. I mean, we could easily kind of say, okay, we're going to stay as is and, and see if we can, you know, muddle through another 50 years doing it the way we're doing it. Um, that isn't the type of leadership team that we have here at Neighborhood House, nor is it the type of board that we have. We always want to look at how we can do something bigger, better, more efficient, and be excellent at it. And I think that excellent piece 
needs to be highlighted and quadrupled, underlined, because if we can't do something at an excellent level in terms of our service output, we don't even engage. And so, you know, one of the things that was very clear to me is that on January 1, um, you know, 2015 or 2015, I should say, um, I had to have a vision in our 101st year of our agency's existence. If not, I was going to be stuck in the last 100 years, if that makes any sense. And so I spent a lot of time ready, and, you know, I know what that vision is. We've talked to our ELT. We've talked to our board. We're ready to expand in areas of programming that we think strategically we need to expand on, and we're being very, very aggressive. And I said on this program before, we were going to be the type of agency that will put ourselves in a good position. Um, we would have the, the uh, infrastructure. We would have our systems in place. We would have some of the best minds in San Diego. We would be responsible with our fundraising and sit on our reserves and be in a position to where when other agencies were either going out of business or failing or somehow deciding that they no longer wanted to keep their doors open, we were going to pick off some of those programs and bring them into our portfolio. And in the last couple, two, three months, we've had several calls from different agencies asking us if we were interested in picking up pieces of their portfolio that was in line with our mission. And the only reason we're in place to do that is because of all the things that we set in motion, you know, a couple, two or three years ago, and we're healthy enough to do that. So now we're at a very, very pivotal time in our existence to be able to take advantage of some of those opportunities and expand our programming and really have what I call responsible growth patterns. Awesome. You know, Rudy, you talked about the infrastructure and you talked about the systems and um, want to think about and kind of unpack a little bit more with regards to things that are important regarding internal business processes and the infrastructure and the systems to be able to um, continue with excellence and positioned for the um, expansion of the portfolio and service um, that you've just mentioned with regards to the lifeline of the organization. Can you say a little bit more about ensuring that the internal business processes or the infrastructure or systems are in place? Absolutely, Doc. I think, you know, um, oftentimes when we talk about nonprofits, for some reason we feel like nonprofits do, do not have the responsibilities that for-profit entities or businesses have, i.e. payroll, insurance, contract management processing, procurement, etc. Nothing can be further from the truth. As a matter of fact, there's a greater burden, I think, on nonprofits to conduct the business of running the business um, efficiently so that they can always be in full compliance. And when I look at that, I look at whether or not our systems are um, efficient enough to handle the volumes, uh, the volume of business that we conduct on a daily basis. Well, what do I mean by that? You know, what is your spend down rate per day, per year? Um, for organizations. you got to look at that. 
What is your payroll? How many full-time equivalents do you have? How often do you produce your payroll? Is it every two weeks? Is it, you know, twice a month, et cetera? You need to have payroll systems that are efficient and can accommodate the level of payroll that you have on a biweekly basis or twice a month, whatever it is for you. You need to have contract management systems that allows you to electronically produce contracts and get approval processes pushed through an electronic system so you're not hand-carrying all that information. You need to have um, a system of keeping time and ensuring that your timekeeping system is electronic, is efficient, it's updated, um, so that you're not having a whole bunch of manual um, you know, uh, tracking of your timekeeping, which is going to roll up into your payroll system and really cause it to bog down. So these are the systems and infrastructure that one has to think about when he or she takes a leadership role and really starts to evaluate how they conduct the business of running the business of that organization. And um, that was high on my list of things to do nine years ago when I first came on board. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Rudy, you also mentioned, you know, um, assembling and bringing together the best minds, and you also talked about good stewardship. Um, want to hear a little bit more with regards to how continuing the lifeline of an organization relates to those two and um, thinking about um, certainly what you bring in, but then also the learning and growth that's available and those things having to do deal with the finance of an organization. I know those are two different buckets, so you can kind of start wherever you want and put them together or or decouple them. Well, I think I learned through trial and error there was no magic bullet um, that you can work your way out of anything if you have the best and brightest minds at the table. And um, it was just something that was ingrained in me, and I knew when I became you know, a leader, a president, CEO, executive director, whatever it is, that I wanted to surround myself with some of the best minds and the, and the best talent that San Diego had to offer. So, you know, I did a lot of personal recruiting. You know, I went out um, and I selected, hand-selected individuals to come on board um, so that we would have the right team in place so that I felt comfortable that we could collectively think through every single situation um, as it, you know, presented itself. Well, obviously, you can't think of everything, but you have a greater chance of survival and being successful if you have the right individuals around you. So, so Rudy, I'm going to have you put just a, a comma right there and then okay. pick right back up yep. after our short break. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. 
Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back with more on Leadership Matters. Rudy, I know before we went to break, I kind of cut you off mid-sentence there as you were talking about some of the things that are most important to the lifeline of an organization. So I'm just going to throw it back to you to continue your thoughts. No, I appreciate it. The only uh, last thing I was going to say is that, you know, when you're you're assembling the best minds in San Diego, in my case, and, and bringing them together, you really have to be strong enough as as a leader to ensure that everyone is laser focused and moving in the same direction. Uh, part of bringing some high caliber, high talented individuals together is really giving them um, a vision and uh, leading them towards a common goal. And um, that's something we've worked on internally um, for the last nine years. And I think we kind of have it down now to a, to a relative science. And, um, you know, that's part of assembling um, the talent that you have around the table is being able to manage that talent. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very happy in terms of where we are as a leadership team, where we are as an organization. Obviously, we're not perfect, but I think um, we're, we're pivoted in the right direction in terms of um, embracing the next 50 to 100 years. Okay, awesome. Um, if I were to ask you to add, and I don't know if you have any um, particular thoughts that you might um, throw out there, mm-hmm. but as it relates to political support and, then, and the continued lifeline of an organization, any thoughts? Um, you know, from a political perspective, I think it's unique to the individual um, situation that an agency may be in. If you're a big um, if you have a lot of what I call place and presence in the in the city or the municipality, obviously you want to engage in local politics or at the county level. Um, if you get a lot of financing from your state, 
Um, obviously, you want to engage at a state level. In our case, we get a lot of the bulk of our uh, resources from the federal government, so obviously I'm engaged at a federal level. Um, we try to sit on national think tanks. Um, we're part of the, um, the Congressional Black Caucus Institute, which is a think tank of business leaders, um, nonprofit organizations, etc., that are really um, putting together an agenda um, that we send on to our congressional members dealing with education, health, the environment, energy, etc. Um, we want to be part of shaping policy before policy lands on our doorstep. And I think if you have a dog in that hunt at the federal, state, or local levels, you really need to engage in that policy process. Awesome food for thought. Any other um, final thoughts or tips that you might share with emerging or current leaders in the nonprofit or or, um, public sector? Well, you know, at break we were kind of joking. I said, I wish there was a how-to manual nine years ago when I first sat down um, in this seat that I'm looking at now. And um, it was my first CEO gig, you know, nine years later, I'm a different person, I'm a different CEO, uh, but it would have been nice to have kind of a how-to manual. Um, in, in lieu of a how-to manual, uh, you have to search around for individuals that have kind of been there, done that through, um, you know, the school of hard knocks and really learning um, uh, trial by error, so to speak. And so I think you need to develop your, your network system. Don't be afraid to reach out and, and call or contact someone. You may get some valuable information. Please don't be afraid to contact us through InnoVisions or the Neighborhood House Association um, or me directly. Um, love to sit down and talk to you and see if there's something we can do to support you. Wonderful. So a really big underscoring there is not to be afraid to reach out and ask for assistance. Absolutely. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And, you know, the, the longer you wait, um, the more uh, that, that issue or, or circumstance or situation uh, gets compounded. Mm-hmm. Any other um, just uh, top of mind looking back um, huge lessons that you might share with someone? Well, I would say um, also build your board strategically. You know, um, CEOs should be engaged in kind of planning out and um, constructing their board of directors. Um, Obviously, it's not your decision nor your place to single-handedly put a board together, but I think um, he or she should be part of that process in concert with the board chair. Um, You should bring in a diverse um, set of skill sets, um, a mixed gender, um, ethnicity. Um, You should be reflective of the community that you serve, and you should have um, individuals that are as smart as as your team that you put together internally uh, so that you guys can feed off of each other and take your organization to the next level. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we are looking so forward to a um, great season on Leadership Matters. We are so glad to have you start us off with our premiere season, um, just sharing some of your lessons learned and thoughts from celebrating 
the momentous occasion of Neighborhood House Association celebrating 100 years of service in the San Diego community, and then also sharing what's on the horizon and other things that we might need to be aware of as leaders in the public and nonprofit sector um, related to our lifeline as organizations. I'm looking forward to our um, season with new Host being in the seat, coming uh, Gerald McFadden, coming from Volunteers of America, Andre Howard, Rihanna, uh, and I think Tom Wall are the individuals that are going to be coming to us from the Alliance for for uh, Children and Family Services. And uh, Linda Shoup will be back with us again, and I hope I'm not forgetting someone else. I think that's the uh, that's who will be in the seat as we kind of move forward with Leadership Matters uh, this season. So please stay with us each week at uh, 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time as we kind of go through another season just really sharing uh, thoughts on um, things that we want to be informed about as leaders and through discussion. I always say people learn and grow from interaction with each other. So as we move through the season, we'll also encourage you to call in at 1-800. Oh, it's not 1-800. It's 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or email in your uh, topics that you'd like to hear us talk about or questions on topics that we might be airing each week to uh, Leadership Matters at org. Again, that's Leadership Matters at org. Rudy, again, thank you so much for being with us this week. Any final, final words of wisdom? Just my pleasure, Dr. White. You've done an outstanding job with this radio show. Um, I personally listened to it to get some valuable tips. I think your other co-hosts have done an excellent job. I really, really highly recommend that your listenership uh, go back and, and listen through some of your past shows and really stay tuned for future shows. So thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for being with us. This is Cheryl White signing off this week for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.